Hello, single dads, moms, and those who date them. This is David, one of the co-hosts of Single Dad, Why You Mad? So we know you were expecting part two of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, Clark's conversation with my son's mother, uh, but a lot has happened since the airing of her part one. This past Friday, we went live for the first time on IG, and guess what? Both of our co-parents logged on and were commenting in the chat. Uh, we then follow that up with an unpacking and debrief of the IG Live. As a result, we think it's best to do a strategic shift and bring you both our Meet the Parents, IG Live, and the 24 Hours to Unpack as new podcast episodes this week and then follow up with part two of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner next Sunday. That way, everything remains in context. That's right, you're getting a two for this week. Two whole hours of content and trust you will not be disappointed. So, to all you listeners that did not get a chance to join the IG Live chat, you can hear it here on our podcast platform, which will then be followed by our 24 hours to unpack a debrief of the IG Live. As usual, please write, call, comment, rate, review, and follow us on all the social media and podcast platforms. Single Dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why 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 you mad? So I just went live under single dad, why you mad? Did it come up? Yeah. Okay. Timeless classic, Wave, Naughty Poet, Ellen the Great, then Clark Chasm joined. Clark Chasm, thumbs up. I cannot say T-S-A-Y-Z-H-I joined. Clark, you're going to request uh, Janae all day. That's Janae. It's so impatient. I was trying to build the suspense, man. Okay. Um, so, it's 9.01, right? And... Uh, you know, uh, real quick before we even get started, I'd like to open up with some humor, if everybody doesn't mind. Cause you gotta get there real early in the morning. Cause you see, you see brothers going in the court talking about, I ain't paying that bitch shit. You see him come out. We got me out here. All the lies matter. Let me talk to you, baby. Please, let me talk to the witness, you know? Let me talk to the witness. Brother be working for three weeks, get his check, it's $43. He goes to his supervisor. Who is this motherfucker garnishment? Today all day. They show him a picture of his baby mama. Say hi. Oh, T says hi. That's just something. I'm sorry, Mom. I love the handprints, you know? Okay. Right. Poet. So, um, oh, Carolyn's daughter joined. Does anybody know who Carolyn's daughter is? No? The hair, the hair company? Uh-uh. I'm going to tell you who Carolyn's daughter is. Please inform me, sir. That is my co-parent. That's Miles' mother. Wow. Habiba, what up, Ma? Good times. Good times, right? <laughs> we got a queen in the house. <laughs> All right. Um, so, um, we're doing this go live today. And uh, first of all, let's introduce all the characters here. Um, and uh, Ellen, Ellen is with us, and Ellen is uh, our uh, partner in crime. Ellen um, edited the videos, or edited one video. She didn't edit, edit Clark's video. She edited um, uh, uh, my son's mother's video. Um, so that uh, I would be out of it and not uh, silence her voice. So. Ellen is going to be responsible for uh, fielding all the questions. So if anybody has a question um, and you type it in uh, the box, 
um, Ellen will uh, say it out loud and uh, either Clark or I can answer it. Um, and then we have Clark and then we have myself, right? So we only got an hour, um, let's get to it. And uh, Clark, uh, Ellen, I think you had uh, an opening question, am I correct? Well, first, can I introduce myself? Oh, yes, you Absolutely. can. Hi, I am Ellen Wanjiro, and I am the host of the Ellen the Great podcast. It's all about conquering the unknown one episode at a time. I'm also a correspondent to blackfilm.com, a digital media outlet that promotes all things black film, TV, and theater. Thank you so much, you guys, for um, including me in this uh, project, if you will. Um, and I'm ready to begin when you guys are. Okay. But also remember Ellen from our deeper dive episode where she chewed both of our asses out for what was it like an hour and a half? <laughs> I still sit awkward behind that. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, all right. So, um, Ellen, uh, and and let's just keep in mind, everybody, that uh, both of us, Clark and myself, have had. Um, uh, our co-parents come on. You've only heard uh, one of uh, two episodes of mine, but uh, uh, the second one airs uh, this coming Sunday, so you'll get to hear both, and uh, you already heard Clark's. So you should feel free to um, ask either one of us questions, but uh, go ahead, Ellen. Well, the first question uh, came from VK Queen. Um, she wanted to know what was your initial reaction after you heard part one of guess who's coming to dinner so um that is for me obviously right so um you know my initial reaction um was uh you know i'm not surprised what, what was your initial reaction man i'm not surprised you're not surprised i'm not surprised yeah and, and so you say you're not surprised. And there was a lot, and, and I say this a lot. So we're talking so about episode that. one already. I haven't heard episode two yet. Oh, you I don't listen, yeah. So I don't listen oh. until just before I post it, right? Hold on, hold on. I'm hyperventilating. Wait, you only heard half of it. Oh, Lord Jesus. All right, so and, and people hear this from me almost every episode. There was so much to unpack, right? so much unpack in in what you heard what was it that was not surprising to you in 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 what you've heard so far what 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 seemed to be par for the course um that uh you know she had uh an interpretation of events that you know i don't believe are absolutely true um um and uh you know that she was a victim. So you expected her to come out and, and, and be the victim in the scenario? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And, um, so, okay, so I, I have a follow-up question. Uh, you just mentioned that, you know, that there were some things that, you know, she, she talked about that were truth. Can you elaborate on one or two of those things? So, um... I appreciate the fact that we're focusing on me. I hope so at some point we're gonna get to Clark, but uh, this is fine, right? Um, um, so what was the truth? Um, there was a truth that um, I was fired, if I'm gonna start from the beginning, um, from what I remember, that I was fired from the job. Um, there was a truth that I dated women in the office, not five, she was number three. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there was truth to that. Um, there was truth to, uh, um, there is truth to that I can be abrasive. There's absolute truth to that. No, I'm um, sorry. Say it again. I said not you, no. Listen, I own it, right? I'm, I'm, I'm not embarrassed by that. Um, there is truth to, um, there is truth to, uh, uh, let me think. What else did she say? Um, I mean, you're gonna have to help me out here. 
let's say, I, well, th- there were a handful of things that were said, and you know, Ellen and I, not necessarily being on the inside of that relationship, we're not going to know what, what the truths are or what you perceive to be the truths. You know, not not to put pressure on you on it, but it's you know, there are going to be certain things that, as you're listening to it, it resonates with you. And you're like, yo, I, I I absolutely feel it. Like when my ex-wife was on, and there were certain things that she said, and I was like, that's not how that went down. But there were a lot of things that she said. I was like, oh shit, that's absolutely, you know, truth. And I sent her a picture of baby feet. Yes, that yes. was true. And were, were you trying to like inseminate her from out the gate? Because that's kind of the impression that, that, that we got from the episode too. Yeah, and I get that. I get where that impression, you know, I get the storyline or I get the narrative, you know, um, that she was putting out there, right? Um, so, you know, the answer to that is no. But keep in mind, right? Um, I made it clear on the podcast, on the deep dive episode, and in a bunch of episodes up to that, right? That um, I was 48 years old and I wanted to have a child. And, um, you know, I think I said, you know, to a bunch of my friends and even to myself on more than one occasion that, um, and I'm gonna be a little bit crass here, right? That the next person I get into it with um, is gonna take some of this sperm. in your mind and you had an agenda that like listen I, I'm, I'm 40 years old I need to, 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 to quote that scene from Malcolm S I need to spread my seed so you needed to spread the seed you needed to pass on your genetic material and the next person who you were in a, a fairly committed situation with was going to be the person to carry that baby if they were willing to yeah 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 I wasn't holding nobody down. Right. So, all right. So we we, we touched on the, the need to have a baby. We touched on. Well, well, hold on now. Ellen's doing the questions. Go ahead, Ellen. Do you have any more? We don't want to take anything from the guests. Well, keep in mind, questions would be coming up in the comments. So right now, no questions have popped up, but I did get one via text. So hold on, let me pull that up. Okay, so how do you feel about, <laughs> wow, this is a good one. You, and part, remind me if this is from part two or part one. I want to say it's from part two. How do you feel about being called fake generous? So um, I enjoyed that, right? So I, <laughs> and um, this is what I mean. And, you know, um, uh, and Clark talks about this all the time, right? That um, perception breeds reality, right? And I said, yeah, okay, Clark, perception breeds reality, but sometimes people lie, right? Yeah. Sometimes people lie, right? And I don't want to give away too much, right? Um, but um, I will be bringing receipts to um, my reply when we um, post. Um, so fake generous, fake generous, I guess, was an implication that um, I'm buying gifts in order to control a person and that the gifts I buy have in no way uh, this person is interested in, right? right? Okay, I'm telling you that that's absolutely untrue. I'm telling you that um, there weren't just gifts that I bought that um, I said, hey, um, I would like to see you in this. There were gifts that were asked for, that I also bought, and there were gifts that I said, hey, I know you're looking for something like that. Um, Why don't you pick something out and uh, show it to me, and then, you know, you can go get it. There was all of the above. And and so the pig in me is like, were you trying to host fashion shows with this shit too, or was it just like, hey, Put it here for to enjoy. So I don't know about hosting fasting shows, right? Um, then it's a waste. It's a waste. It's a what? 
It's a waste. If you're not if you're not doing a fashion show, it's a waste. Okay. You know, um, I think I said this on the uh, um, uh, on the deep dive, right? Um, uh, when uh, Puffy takes um, some new girl he's dating to uh, um, uh, uh, Sandro Pay or whatever else it is, um, and takes her shopping or whatever else it is, I don't hear nobody saying it's a waste. But he's doing a fashion show when he gets back in the room. Okay. Um, I'm just saying. Them red bottoms don't mean nothing to me. <laughs> well, do you, you gotta see. Shut up, Clark. I'm being bad. I'm, I'm, I'm being obnoxious. I'm, I'm being myself. This is our first live, and we want people to tune back in. Um, Ellen, you had something. I'm sorry. Yes. So she she painted a picture um, of you being controlled, and so you did these things or you bought these things to control the relationship or control her or control how she responds or reacts to you or to your needs. Can you speak um, a little bit about that, whether you know, there's truth in it or, or not? So, um, I don't believe that that is a form of control. You know? Um, if somebody else sees it a form of control, you know, just say no. Don't accept it. Okay. So, so Mia just so Mia just said, "I don't want red bottoms. I'll take a mortgage payment." Okay. Oh, that's why I'm laughing. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ellen. Um, You're saying why would she paint that picture? Is that what you were going to ask? What What is the need to buy? be possible I am not going to run from that there could absolutely be truth to that oh lord Jesus my baby mama just joined good God, damn it there could absolutely be truth to that and, and what is what is what is it about that but why does that matter why does she have to wear red bottoms she doesn't she have to all you got to do is say no <laughs> yo th this reminds me of a all you got to do is say no I read Habiba's comments like he bought me stripper shoes. So this, this reminds me of a situation that popped up when uh, Melinda was probably like a million months pregnant with our second kid, and we were moving. So we we're moving from an apartment to the house that we bought. And my mom comes up from New York and she's helping us box everything and pack everything up but we had a walk-in closet in the apartment and so Melinda's sitting there on the floor putting stuff in boxes and packing everything up my mom is feeding us the clothes come on Clark we only got an hour daddy come on right, so long story short my mom comes walking out of the walk-in closet with a pair of silver glass bottom stripper shoes and she looks at both of us Melinda turns beet red and snitches and is like he makes me wear those and to your point, David, at any point during the previous six years of our relationship, she could have said, I'm not wearing those shits. I don't like them. Nina just says, you forced those on me. <laughs> so, so, so I'm going to say something David-esque, all right? right? Okay. Listen, God forgive me. No, 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 right? God forgive me, right? for wanting to um so i uh, catch that last comment um ellen something just came up right okay so oh but hold on let me let me get this but yeah hold mommy but uh, hold on let me get this right so god forgive me for wanting um to have a little sexy night with the woman i'm with and 
you know, have her in a pair of stripper shoes or whatever else it is for me. God forgive that. And there's nothing wrong with that. All right, I don't then. Find so, anything wrong with that. so you know, I mean, if I was in the strip club looking at strippers doing that shit, that would be a fucking problem. I buy stripper shoes for you, and I got you at home doing that shit, and that's a problem. You know, okay, all right. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. yeah what, what was the comment from Hot Mommy? From Hot Mommy. Hot Mommy says, is it possible for another person's security or stability to seem controlling when your life is off kilter or unstable? So, so, and I guess seeking clarification, do you mean that the stability that David was trying to provide, could that seem to be controlling when the other person doesn't have control of their own center? Correct, correct. I was just trying to fuck my girl. <laughs> God forbid, God fucking forbid. <laughs> God fucking forbid. I'm what trying to fuck my girl. God forbid. God forbid. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. Like, you know, I, that's one thing that, that I've said on numerous episodes. And if you listen to my ex wife on our episode. And so, Carolyn's daughter, David never provided stability. <laughs> wow. So, 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 so. So, um, you know, uh, what say you? What, what, so what say me? You know, I mean, listen, I'm not trying to put, you know, um, all of the business on the street, right? Y'all may think right now that all of the business is on the street. I'm telling you, it's not. Yo, if they, they, they only heard half of the episode. Listen, so, listen, I haven't even heard the other half. And I'm telling you, even with that, all the business is not out on the street. So if anybody thinks all the business is on the street, no, it is not. So I, I, I Nina says, thank you, Chris, for our bomb sex life. <laughs> let, me ask, but let me ask this question, though. Let me ask this question to everybody, right? And um, they say, stick to the question, stay focused. But let me ask this question. Um, um, building off of what Hot Mommy said, right? Does a person, so Ellen, you've been to my house, right? You were, you were at my apartment um, many times in the Bronx, right? Yes. Okay. Um, did I have furniture? Yes. Did I have pots and pans? Of course. Did I have knives, forks, silverware? All of that. Did I have a bed? Yes. Is it a nice bed? It was. Okay. Um, sofa? Yes. Towel yes. sheets? Yes. Towel yes. sheets? All of yes. that, right? Toilet This is in the sink? Sometimes. Yes. Sometimes, though. Yeah. Sometimes. TV in each room? Yes. Did I have a roommate? No. Why would a controlling person, or why would a person who is so controlling move into somebody else's apartment versus having them move into their space where they can control all the fucking narrative? Well, that's a great question, and I have a follow-up. Who asked who to move in to her place? How did that start? So I talk about that on the deep dive, right? And I was in the middle of uh, um, so I don't want to give away too much because again, I have receipts that I planned on displaying on the uh, 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 my response, right? Um, so, but I talked about it on a deep dive, right? Um, we were having a discussion about um, moving in together. And I asked the question, so where are we going? Your place or my place? And her response was, I'm not moving. So I said, okay. And then probably two or three weeks later, you know, we were coming out of this club or this restaurant or at this hangout in uh, Harlem. And we're standing outside talking, and she says to me, why did you never say that um, 
So now she's saying he hated being in my home. But let me get through this. So she said, why didn't you say to me? Now, she was a little tipsy when she said this. But she says to me, why didn't you say that we should move into your place? Because your place is cheaper. And I said, because you said you weren't moving. Now, I got really aggressive and I backed her up against the wall when I did this, right? Um, and she said, but you should be a man and take the lead and tell me, no, we moving here. I said, because you said you wasn't moving and me moving into your apartment don't mean nothing to me because that ain't nothing but an extra two, three, four, five hundred dollars a month in my rent. So that don't mean, yeah, but I need a man that's gonna not just say everything and say yes to me and stand up and be a leader and not just say yes to me. I said, listen, I don't know what the fuck you want me to do about that shit, yo. I already gave my apartment to somebody else. And her response was, well, you should tell him he can't take that. I said, I'm not doing that. The guy was sleeping on sofas. He needed a place to stay. Hold on, so you're saying you guys had already moved into her place? No, we were just about to. You were about to? I had signed the lease with the other dude to give him my place and committed to it. Wow. So, like, that needs more explanation, but we need to save that for the episode. Why would that need more explanation? I'm a man of my fucking word. Right, but I, I gave the dude on the story because here you're a scumbag if you kick your buddy out. We 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 understand that. Yeah. But, Clark, you froze up. Can you hear me now? Go ahead. You froze up. You said I'm a scumbag if I kick my buddy I out. But a scumbag if you kick your buddy out. But we need to expound on how y'all even got to this situation when you're about to move in. She said, you so, so, so now she says, we should have found a new place. Nigga, make up your mind. And this is what I'm saying when I said, listen. <laughs> yeah, we got we got a few comments in here that we need to address. Um, yes, can, can we start that? Yeah, please, Ellen, go ahead. Okay, go. so I do, I do like what Mia I Am says. She says, hi, Carolyn's daughter. You mentioned you wanted to have a better co-parenting relationship by coming on the show. Uh, and, and this is my follow-up question is, uh, do you feel like you did? If your goal was to come on to foster a better relationship, do you feel like you did that? And hopefully you can respond with that um, in the comments in the live. So while we're waiting for her to respond, uh, Mia also followed up with another question. How do you think this episode worked out? Part one. For me? Yes, For you yes. Your episode. Listen, so let's just be clear, and I don't know how much time we got left, right? So, uh, um, oh, we got the 34 minutes left. We got time to burn, so let's go. And also, keep in mind, once that one hour goes up, we can jump right back on the live. We'll okay. another hour if needed. Okay. Back. So, um... If you remember, again, in the deep dive episode, and I hate to keep bringing this up, right? But I said, part of the reason that I'm having these conversations here is because I know she's listening. And at some point, I want her to come on and tell her own story, right? So that we can flush all of this out, right? But let me just be clear. I'm not interested really in getting into the back and forth here in front of everybody who shot who. I'm trying to raise the elevation of this conversation, right? And what's my ultimate goal here? My ultimate goal is that I want us to start being honest with each other about what happens in relationships. Right now, the current status of affairs across the board is the assumption is, is that the man fucked up a relationship. Whenever you hear about relationships, it's always about, especially when there is a child involved, that a man fucked it up. That's always what it is. So uh, I like Janae all day because she was also at my apartment in the Bronx with you, Ellen. And she said, David always had his own shit solid. I like that comment. Thank you very much. So, so the, 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 the conversation I'm looking to have is why is there this implicit bias against men when it comes to relationships dissolving, especially when there is a child involved. There is an implicit bias. 
And that's the conversation I'm really trying to bring this to. That's the conversation I'm really trying to raise at some point, at some time, when we get through all of this noise. So, so that that conversation, and you're saying that conversation for for this space right here, or that conversation as a protracted conversation on our podcast, uh, as a protracted conversation on our podcast. Right. I want to raise the level of the conversation to whenever we talk about um, um, relationships dissolving, especially when there's a child involved, the natural assumption is is that the man did something wrong. Well, yo, and so it's interesting because uh, like my ex-wife and I had this conversation earlier today and talking about the idea of feminine accountability and how very often when you hear you know, a woman talk about a situation, it's he did this. Or to your point, David, you know, it's, it's the man's fault that the situation deteriorated. Or I acted this way because you made me do this. And I did, and a lot of it is, you know, you know, patriarchal programming and taking away women's power and, and their autonomy and, uh, and ultimately their responsibility. But it's the, the lack of personal accountability. So it's, it's never, or it's very rarely a situation where somebody stops and does the reflection and the introspection. Um, if we go back to our past episodes, that's one of the reasons I loved having Nefertiri Plessy on. Shout out to Nefertiri because when she talked about the dissolution of her relationship, I don't think once during that episode she was like, his fault, or he did this, or he's the. Clark, you froze up again. So um, I'm going to pick it up by saying the other conversation I want to raise, Clark, you froze up real quick. So the other conversation I want to raise is the idea of a man's biological clock, right? There is little to no respect for a man's biological clock. We hear about women getting into relationships with dudes that drink, do drugs, gamble, cheat, all kind of shit, right? And when the girls get together and what you get into a relationship with that motherfucker for in the first place, you knew he wasn't shit. Well, I wanted a baby, right? And we, you know, accept that. But we do not accept that from men. Why? Because men can have babies well into their what? 70s, 80s, 90s, if you can still get it up. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. It's that. But I cannot enjoy him. I cannot enjoy him. How do I enjoy him? How do I enjoy a child? If I had this to do all over again, I would have did it at 40. How do I enjoy my child if I can have a child at 70 or 80? I have a hard time. My kid is in the bathtub now. He's forever calling me, Daddy, look at this. I go back down and sit on the sofa. Daddy, come look at this. I got to tell you something. I go back over there. I come back. Oh, my God, my knees are killing me. But I want to do it. I want to be there. I want to enjoy it. How do I enjoy it having a child at 70 years old? I want to enjoy my child. And I can't do that at 70. There is a biological clock for men also. Yo, did you see the DM? Or did you see the, the, the comments? Uh, apparently, my baby mother just invited your baby mother to DM her. Yeah, I saw that. Knock yourself out. <laughs> yeah. Questions, Ellen? When is somebody going to ask Clark a question? Nope, nobody wants to hear about me. I'm boring. Yo, it's like the league of the, league of the super villains. Perspective is everything. She has hers, and you have yours. Is there anything that she said that makes you understand her perspective? Ooh, that's a good one. So, um, she said, uh, uh, the first date was magical. Yes. You you saying it was it? Well, that's her perspective, right? I'm asking you. Was it magical for me? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, you assholes. <laughs> so you want the truth? So, so you I just asked me a question to back yeah. me in fucking corner. I want, I want, I so want you just asked me a question to back me in fucking corner. I'm giving you my fucking answer, and now you're calling me an asshole. Yeah, because you're... Huh? Go ahead. What does that mean, magical? We went to a fucking restaurant. We you ate. Know exactly what that means. 
You know exactly what that means. It was magical. It, you know, she felt special. You know, I can't tell you how she felt. Well, how did you feel, son? That's the question we asked you. That's what you we want to know. I was ready to drop her off after the fucking meal. Wow. Why? When you guys actually went on the date. Single black mothers like David, what about dating many women in the office? Yes, I did. I dated two in the office while I was working there, and I dated Habiba. That was number three. I don't know where she's getting five from. Yo, she, she I said was around single like man. I was a single man. I could date whoever I want. Did you enjoy that first date at all? We went to dinner. You go to dinner all the time. Okay, so Did why would you... Did you enjoy the date? Did you enjoy time with her? Right? Because this is all leading up to you guys being in a relationship and eventually having a beautiful boy. When Was it ever magical for you? Did you ever feel like, wow, you know, I see things in this woman that I, that I want her to be the mother of my son, of my child. I can see that. Well, we, you're just trying to smash. You are ignoring the fact that I wanted to have a child. Okay. And this was the first woman that came up to me when we were dating and talked about how she wanted to have children also. Not eventually, in the future, now. That's all it was about for you. Well, in, in, in looking back on it in introspective, being introspective and retrospective, yeah. So, but, uh, so the question I ask, right, is like, because you could completely be like, yo, my biological imperative is talking to her biological imperative. Like, I want to have a kid. I want to see her. I said uh, that in the deep dive. Yeah, you absolutely did. But that, that doesn't answer the question. Like, yo, did I enjoy her company? Did I? So, so yeah, I'm not. Okay, good, 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 good question, Clark. So what? I looked back through the, our text messages back there because I don't delete shit, right? So I looked back through our text messages from... Um, 2014 and 2015 and there was a whole bunch of mushy mushy hey mwah, 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 text messages going back and forth and when I think about it back then in that moment yes yeah. I was having a good time I was enjoying her company yes right. intermittently and I, 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 think that's, I think that's the question that people were asking it's like yo like, did at any point, particularly on that first date, because she walked away from the lady, it was magical. So hold on, hold yeah. on, there's a fire engine going by. Yeah. That, for, for those of y'all who listen to podcasts, that's, that is a common occurrence, the, the fire engines. Um, but yeah, like, so people are saying, like, if you look in the comments, people are saying, yo, David, like, yeah, we understand you want to have a kid, and yeah, we understand where you are right now, but the reality is, like, yo, it, during that date, did you feel anything? Did you like, oh shit, like I'm feeling this girl? Because also according to like her description of your interactions, you had pursued her for a hot minute. So like- So listen, I, I, I will say that it's about part one, right? She, she talked a lot about, or a bit about, what a great father you are. And she talks about this also in uh, episode, I mean, yeah, episode two, part two. What a wonderful father you are. How she has never regretted the fact that you are the father of her son. So with that knowledge of both of you being great parents to Miles, is there any way that you two can come to a middle ground where it's not contentious, where you respect her motherhood and she respects your fatherhood, and there's no judgment. You know, and, and instead of judgment, there's more learning about each other. Do <laughs> you think there'll ever be a result with the conclusion? And she respects your fatherhood, and there's no judgment. You know, Mark, you need to, somebody needs to mute. Yeah, because it sounds like I have an echo. So, Ellen, you probably have your speaker on on the, uh, on your, uh, on the, um, on the, yeah, okay. Hold on, is that better now? Yeah. Uh, sorry. Um, so, go ahead. So, um, like I said, right, um, I looked back at these text messages, and yes, there was a lot of kissy, kissy, mushy, mushy from me, 
I'm not even talking about what came from her. There was a lot of that coming from me. I am not going to deny that. Chris, your mother's on. Chris, your mother's on. Go ahead. Hello, David, you there? Yeah. Okay. So go ahead, finish what you were saying. There was a lot of kissy, kissy, mushy, mushy from you. From me? Yeah. There was a lot of that going on. So what about the long-ass question I just asked? Listen, so could there ever be a, 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 a... Uh, a mutual respect and a decent co-parenting relationship. Yes, there absolutely can be. Yes, there absolutely can be. Okay? Um, um, and I know you guys have all heard this, and I know there's a certain feeling about this, right? Um, um, but, you know, I'm just going to call it what it is. I have a hard time getting there when I'm the only one paying for everything, and every day there is a problem. Every day. There is a problem. What's the problem every day? Okay, I'm glad you asked. And I hate to do this, right? But you guys are fucking asking for it. Just this fucking Monday or Tuesday, Miles signs on to fucking school like we do every morning at 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. The first thing the teacher says to him is, Miles, are you feeling better now? So I look over into the screen, feeling better. What do you mean, ma'am? Well, yesterday, he was so tired. He could barely pay attention. He was so tired. He wasn't with me the day before. So was he tired? Was he sick? What happened? Read between the lines. Come on, Clark. You ain't fucking dumb. Well, uh, I'm he ain't getting to bed on time so that he could get up one morning for school. Right. So, so, but I'm, I'm, so here's my question: Is that the assumption, or did you have a conversation with her to say, "Yo, what happened?" Dude, I asked the question. I got no response. I sent a long text message. Dude, what is going on? Why was he tired the next morning? Never got a response. But this has been a habit. This is something that's been going on ever since he was going to daycare. He shows up late. They're asking me why is he just getting here at 10 o'clock when they start serving breakfast at 9. I talked about this in court. Every day there's a problem. Every day. Every day. We walking over. They live five minutes away, two buildings away. We walking over now. I go downstairs. I wait for him to come. 30 minutes go by. No show. I call and text. What's going on? We're on our way now. Every day there is a problem. Every day. There's not a week that goes by that there's not a problem. So you add on top of that, I'm paying for everything. You add on top of that, I got to run out to Queens for a meeting and I ask you to take care of him for two hours. And you tell me no. So then I got to go hire a babysitter. And you want me to get to a place that's fucking nice and calm with you? I am not Jesus, and I'm not going to pretend to be Jesus. I ain't that saved. So there was a good question um, from there was her. So your frustration is her parenting as well, obviously. Um, And then uh, a good follow-up response is from Rundown King 11. If he went to bed on time, he wouldn't be tired. This just didn't start. This this didn't just start today. This has been going on ever since we've been living apart. So at what point am I allowed to get angry? At what point am I allowed to be frustrated? At what point am I allowed to say, yo, motherfucker, the fuck is going on over there? At what point am I allowed to be human? You are allowed to feel all those things, but I think how you express... So, Ellen, 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 that is unfair, right? And I'm sorry to get into this with you, but that is unfair. Because I didn't say on day one, the first time you showed up late, bitch, what the fuck you doing, come blah, blah, blah. I was like, hey, what's going on? I could show you the fucking text messages. Hey, what's going on? At one point, because he kept showing up to daycare late, I would go get him from her, take him to daycare, so that she could have an easier morning. 
Yeah, so so interesting comment from, from, from months I did that shit. Right? Kenny said, one thing I learned during my co-parenting, you can't control the other parent. And sometimes it's about how you talk to the other person. Right? Do you think that you're a You person? start out this way, you start out talking calm, you start out talking easy. At some point after, okay, all right. So I move out, right? I move out. In November, she told me she could not afford to contribute to Miles Daycare because she was having some financial issues and that when her lease was up in February of 2018, she would move out, get a cheaper apartment. This conversation came up in court. It's documented when I tell you I have receipts. She's going to move out to an apartment that's less expensive. We said, okay. I sent her a text message. Don't worry about it. I will take care of it from here. My exact words. And then I realized what I said, and I said, okay, let me follow this up. I said, what I mean by I will take care of it from here is that when you get back on your feet in February or March, then you can start recontributing. Come February, she did not move. When I asked her why she didn't move, she said because it was too much trouble, she's going to stay where she is. How should I feel about that? Come June, she comes to me and she tells me she's starting a new job at the night job, the job she all told y'all that she's taking so that she can help contribute. Remember that line? I ain't see any money until August after I threatened her. So that's eight months. Are you telling me that for eight months I'm supposed to sit there on the fucking cross and say, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do? Fuck y'all for thinking that shit. That's not what we're saying. I don't think that's what we're saying. I don't think that's what anybody's saying, son. That's not what I'm saying. I don't, I wouldn't sit and just sit back and wait for this shit to happen as it's happening. I would be as angry and as resentful as you are. Uh, But I don't know if me being that angry and as resentful is helping the relationship and how we co-parent and how we communicate. Yeah. But it's so, so it's interesting because I saw a comment from my ex-wife, right? And she's on and she's like, y'all need to find common ground. And anybody who watches me and Nina interact, right? Anybody who sees us in public together or sees us with our kids together, they go, oh my God, you guys get along so well. And, you know, there's still love there. And it's like, are you guys going to get back together? We're like, fuck no. We have beaten the shit out of each other over the past 20 years. We have gone through a lot of frustration, we've gone through a lot of arguing, we've gone through a lot of anger, and at the core, we had to stop and go, yo, we have three little people who are trapped in the middle of this, and we need to figure this shit the fuck out. And there are times where I aggravate her because she is organized, and she's detail-oriented, and she's meticulous in the same way that you are, David, which is the same shit that pisses you off about doing the podcast with me, right? And we've had to find a common ground and realize that, yo, our frustrations with each other, we need to put those to the side in order to get the goal accomplished. And this isn't me saying this shit to you as a judge. This is me saying it to you as somebody who's been juggling this ball for almost 20 years. Well, you had 20 years practice at it, Clark. I've been yeah, at this for four saying. years. You, I've been at this for four years. Yeah, I'm Congratulations. You'll get, there, you'll get there eventually. You'll get there eventually. But, you know, like, you guys just got to realize, like, oh, you know. So, again, again, right? I'm sorry to interrupt, right? But I'm trying to raise this conversation. Uh, there are two issues that I really want to talk about. And it's the idea or the implicit bias that whenever a relationship goes bad, when there is a child involved, that it is the man who people see as the person who has fucked it up. And the idea that men have biological clocks also. Yeah, and so that's, that's, that's an interesting concept because I think about like my seat, right? I don't think I have a time for uh, or opportunity for my biological clock to, to kick off because I, I started having kids at 25. So it was kind of like, oh, shit, we're about to be parents. 
that it was just kind of went along with the flow. Ellen, you're shaking your head no. Why? Because I just saw that comment and I got involved with it. Which comment? Her saying he's so angry and emotionally abusive. And I, I, I'm reacting to that because I added it to part one and part two. And in no space and time did I hear her take any accountability for the role and the part that she played in the deterioration of your co-parenting relationship. Other than I was anxious and I drank too much, right? But she spent a lot of time bashing for who you are and how you come across, right? And so, you know, when people join in and, and see your frustration, they're automatically gonna read that sort of comment and say, oh my God, yes, he is. He's, you know, he's abusive, he's this. He's not. That's what she does, though, is my point. That's it's what not. she does. Yeah. So, 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 so when I, so let's talk about process because we've got 11 minutes left, right? So let's talk we about We always process. jump back on. I don't want to stay here in this space on a Friday night when I'm trying to enjoy my life. I would much rather go sit on the terrace and smoke a cigar and drink a cranberry juice, right? Um, but let's talk about process, right? Would a controlling person completely turn over the the reins to you two, right? So how did this happen? Uh, she heard your 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 wife's your ex-wife's interview, and she came to me and said, "I'm willing to be on the show because she already had told me prior to that when we first started, uh, she ain't interested in it, right?" So I said, "Fine." So that's another thing to address because during the conversation, she said you never asked her. You would never propose it to her. So that's not true. That's not true, but I'm not, that could be a, she said, he said, we can get stuck there for forever. Right, right, right. That's absolutely right. not true. When it first started, I told her we were gonna have a baby mama episode and she said, I don't want nothing to do with it. But okay, that's fine, right? So when she came to me and she said, I'm willing to be on the show, I said, well, where's this coming from? And her response was, um, well, I heard Clark's ex-wife so I'm okay being on there. And I said, fine, here is Clark's um, uh, contact information or I'll send him, I'll send you, and then you guys talk and you guys work it out, right? Right. So I shot her a quick text. I shot her a quick text and then she ended up getting um, back to me right away. Okay. And then you guys recorded, I had nothing to do with it, right? Right, you had nothing to do with the recording. I then get a call from her saying, David, so um, I just want to let you know that I just recorded with Clark and um, I went really deep and uh, he said, you do the editing. I said, I'm not editing this time. Ellen's going to edit or I'm going to find somebody else to edit. I don't want nothing to do with silencing your voice. And I turned Clark over to Ellen and stayed out of it. Okay. How controlling is that? Yeah. So I like in in the Clark, you're not answering me. How controlling is that? You, you're not controlling the narrative at all. You 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 gave up. You gave up absolute control of what was put out and how it was put out and how it was edited. Ellen then calls me after she first heard it and says, "David, you might not want this to air because <laughs> there's some fucking shit on here that's fucking painting you as a horrible person." Right, Ellen? Did you not? I did say that. And what did I say to you? You said if she if she's not saying I am doing something crazy to some animals or doing some crazy shit that, that's off kilter, I don't give a fuck what she has to say. Air it. Let it fly. As long as she ain't saying I slept with a dog, let it fly. <laughs> so I, I'm not bothered by this. I'm not really bothered by this because I expected it. I completely, absolutely expected this entire conversation. And to all the people who are listening, we got 30 live right now, right? It gets worse. Oh, it, get, you know, it, it gets a lot worse. It, it was to the point where I sent it to Ellen. Ellen, I was like, Ellen, did you listen? She's like, no, not yet, I'm gonna listen. And Brooklyn has my heart, New Jersey has my life, says a controlling person would have deleted the audio. Absolutely, agree. 
So, and so, the, my comment to Ellen was simply, Nick, like, yo, did you listen to this shit? Um, because there's, there's so much in there. And I, and, and I say this as, as, you know, a third party, like, you both had just so much, like, just, just so much. We're in the middle of it, though. We're dead smack yeah, in the you, middle of it. We're no. dead smack in the middle of it. Absolutely. And that's that's what I say. I don't I don't approach it as a judge. I, pro, I approach it as a dude who's been there. Like, and the, and the difficult thing about being in a fight is sometimes you need a coach to, on the sidelines to tell you to bob and weave. Or they to quit, vacate, vacate Queen said I would have deleted it before listening to it for sure. That's why he had me edit it. That's why I had you. And then... When you sent it to me to post, yes, I could have deleted it again. I could have gone in and edited it again. Ellen, you heard it. Is did I take out anything, or did I post it as you sent it? You posted it as I sent it to you. All right then, but I am controlling. Thank you very much. God bless you. Good night. No, I'm just kidding, right? <laughs> but that's the way you dropped the mic. And I'm telling you, I got receipts on half the stuff that she said. I got receipts. But we tend to side with a woman's narrative when relationships like this happen simply because historically, historically, dudes have been fucking up. I'm going to own that. For, for all my dudes who've been fucking up before me, I'm going to own that. Dudes have been fucking up. But that time is past, yo. So dudes fucking up doesn't mean every dude fucks up, right? I, I think that's the major takeaway. That's the major takeaway. Like, yo, you share experiences of going into the court system, and because dudes are fucking up, you walk in and they look at you a certain way. They look at you like, wait, you're the plaintiff? Get the fuck out of here. So dude, I, so, so, so good. Yo, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Thank you for mentioning that. The first time we were in court, I filed the fucking petition. We get to fucking court. The female judge, a black woman, sits us down in seats. She sits me in the seat for the defendant. She sits her in the seat for the plaintiff. And the judge is looking through the paperwork and he says, oh, wait a minute. You're the plaintiff and you're the, the respondent? Well, you're in the wrong seats, but just stay where you are. What's the big deal? And Habiba says, yeah, he's trying to get child support out of me. And the female court officer laughs out loud. Wow. Wow. Now, somebody tell me why Hold I on. should feel safe in that fucking courtroom. Hold on. Kingdom parenting. I am a family lawyer, and that's absolutely the truth. So you got a cosign from somebody who, who works in family court. That might have been the realest thing she could have said. What? Habiba saying we were not right for each other. My nigga, I've been saying, I'm sorry. That you I know, said my nigga. I know, but I my know. nigga, I've been saying this shit since episode one. I'm just saying that's one thing you two agree on. I've been saying this since episode one. That's the one other thing. We wanted a child. She wanted a child. I wanted a child. And we ignored everything else. I've been saying this since episode one. So with that... And Nina, who you call a bitter? You want me to Why is everything such a surprise? Well, maybe it's not such a surprise now. But should, shouldn't there be some understanding, in, you know, and less frustration and everything that you're going through now if you knew, if you didn't know each other from day one? You didn't take the time to get to know each other as individuals. Correct. So why act super surprised that she's responding and vice versa for her too? Why act super surprised that All he's I want is for my kid to go to bed on time at night, for my kid to get up on time in the morning and be to school on time when school starts, not no goddamn grace period, for my kid to not show up to fucking school or daycare in fucking pajamas in the middle of the fucking winter, for you to contribute your fair share to daycare and healthcare according to salaries. You do that and we will get along amazingly. That's all I want. And I don't 
don't think I'm asking too much. I do not think I'm asking too much. Listen, if a man had not contributed for whatever excuse or reason to his child's daycare or health care in over a year, he would be a fucking bum. There would be no excuse for it. He would be a fucking bum. Right. That's true. That's a, that's a valid point. No they excuses. Can, no excuses. They can Queen just asks, who decides what her fair share is? You make this much money. I make this much money. Your pro, your right. pro rata share is based upon that. That's exactly what the courts do. Right. You just got to be honest about how much money you make. Good point. So, we have 30 seconds remaining. And I am not coming back. <laughs> I'm not coming back. We can do this again next week after the next episode airs. And it gets worse, everybody. It gets worse. It gets worse. I'm not going to spoil anything for you. I'm telling you, she's fucking killing me. Y'all are going to drag me. She's killing me out there. I haven't even heard it yet, but it gets worse. Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why 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 you mad?